0: Hours, according to, it. we already have. Them. It's
1: longer than that. I think every episode has been like an hour and a half, almost close to two hours. I feel like we could honestly talk for three. Yeah, we could, but I feel like everyone would just get bored, including myself, having to listen to you the entire listen time. Listen to me. I am a vibrant host.
0: So, at the beginning of the pod back in the day, so oh, it used to always say that uh, mission v- in Mission Viejo in my tiny desk. I am having a little bit of uh, computer issues. I am sitting on my bed. Uh, poor Dana has to listen to me, record this podcast right next to me. Uh, she's being a real trooper, but I'm Blake. I'm the owner of the cat claws up added that hashtag because my team has been scrapping along. I got another victory and I am joined by Baki. Baki, How you doing?
1: Mm -hmm. I'm doing all right. Tough, tough week, which we'll get into, uh, the ghost of miles Sanders came back to haunt me as well as the ghost of Sam's team. So
0: was Sam dead?
1: I'm saying her team, her team oh, looked dead okay. and then it came back and it just thrived. So she had an incredible week, which we'll touch on, uh, really quick though. Let's go over our records for this year. Um, I believe last week you were, we said I was five you and not ten. Want Blake. Yeah. You're five and 10. You did not want Blake whatsoever to pick your team. Um, but I don't think I have ever been more wrong um we'll get into baki's bets next podcast yeah which was Woof. um and we have i have never been more wrong just in general regarding a show if you go back and listen to last week i was just wrong on every single thing i believe um so this week we were each one and four is that right
0: yeah i was zero and five until the heartbreak at candlestick park Oh, no, Candlestick
1: Levi. Candlestick Park. Levi. Candlestick Park. There we go. Lee, you living in the past. Is it Gene Autry it and Candlestick Park? Write what? it down.
0: Was it a park or a stadium?
1: It was Candlestick Park.
0: Okay. Well, the heartbreak at uh, Levi Stadium with that pick six Uh, salvaged mm-hmm. my predictions. I was one in four.
1: Yeah, we were both one and four, which I think drops me under 500 and continues your uh, just huge losing streak of six and 14. Um, sound like my bets this past Sunday, but, um, yeah. So speaking about heartbreak losses, uh, we are happy to announce our second interview, uh, which we just did, we just, uh, had, so we are going to get into that interview with Blake's, uh, rival of last week, Mr. Nick recchio. And
0: thank you, Nick, for sending that $20 over went right into the bank account, right into that Del taco fund. So. With that in mind, let's start the episode and let's go right into that interview with Nick. All right, here we go. This is I'm more excited for this interview than I am our last interview, Jake,
1: yeah, because phil's a just a a wall sometimes you yeah
0: to... <laughs> no personality, but you know what we have a two time champion
1: wall, just watching uh paint dry,
0: yeah, but we have yeah. champion we have champions here on the podcast, and I'm gonna introduce owner of the rum runners two time north side story or not north side story north side league winner Nick, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great, guys how you guys doing
0: good uh Man, it's so excited to have you here. Like I mentioned, it's just, I got, this is a, we all know, this is the OG of Woodbury, Woodbury Community Park. This is like the boss dog around here. And we had to get him on because, well, obviously because of our matchup this week, and we'll dive into that. But the burning question that I have for you is that I I think I talked about in the first pod or second pod was, I can you explain your name for me? What is Rum Runners?
2: Uh, rum runners is is an old name. I've been using the name rum runners in all of my fantasy leagues and any team name that I that I have to pick and any pick um or whatnot. Been using that forever, and it just comes from my favorite drink of choices is, is Bacardi and Coke, oh, and uh, that's yeah. rum. And a lot of my friends actually call me Ronnie, and um, rum runner just kind of came out naturally. My old old emblem on CBS sports and another league that I, that I play in is a pirate. And so I was just the rum runner.
1: Are are you still in that league? I remember when I used to work at Woodbury and I think one of the first things that we connected on was probably fantasy football. I mean, sports in general, but I remember you telling me you had that league and the buy-in was like extremely large.
2: It's it's, it depends, but it's, it's right now it's 300 bucks. And uh, it does require you to go on a trip that's right. Yeah. So we take a trip and that's where that's where things get kind of kind of more expensive because <laughs> yeah. you have to take a, a trip. But it's a good thing. And there's been a lot of my friends in it for years. And, and Brian was in it for a couple of years before he had kids. Uh, but it's a good time. It's kind of like when you guys get older, maybe you want to do the same thing our friends aren't having bachelor parties and we're not being able to get away because everybody has kids and sports and things like that. So it's a chance for a group of 10 guys to get away every year. And it's a good time. That's yeah.
1: smart. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say, I, I remember in our league, there are, we usually drafts um, I believe is it, what is it? Labor day weekend. So it's probably that same week that you're out with that group uh, drafting as well. Do you have any stories from like? from what I know is that you like to in our league draft on your phone because you're usually at the pool. Yeah, poolside, baby. Yeah, a couple of pool, uh, a couple of drinks in hand, uh, poolside drafts on your phone. Usually Green Bay Packers. But do you have any stories <laughs> regarding uh, like fantasy, like the football aspect of like those drafts?
2: Yeah, well, those are those are live drafts where you use a sticker. Mm-hmm. So it's all ten of us in a room. We don't let anybody in that's not in the room. And uh, are not part of the, the league in the room. And uh, it's a good time. It gets to be kind of a wild party. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, a couple years ago when I won the championship, I actually was drafting this team for this league in the pool before yeah. our other draft.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I can imagine. So we're talking about the draft now. I've been crushing you all podcasts about your Packer picks. Is this a season, like, when does the rubber meet the road in terms of you just blindly picking Packers? They're obviously going to be, in the next couple years, we're seeing a little bit of a decline out of Aaron Rodgers. He's got all new rookie wide receivers. Uh, how much longer is this going where you're just going to be blindly picking your Packer faithful? Uh, you know,
2: I do like the Packers. There's no, there's no hiding that, obviously. It's obvious to everybody in the league. I always pick more Packers. I think I have four right now. Because I picked up Romeo Dobbs, who I think is going to have a great season. He seems to be gain- gaining the trust of Aaron Rodgers, and and I like Aaron as a quarterback. And I also like to try to get double points, which mm-hmm. some people think is a good idea because you win and die with your team. It seems to have worked for me in the past. There was years that I had Adams and Rodgers did really well, or or it could be another combo too. But Randall Cobb, I was
1: going you know, to be- say I probably went back to even Jordy Nelson.
2: Oh yeah, Jordy. Yeah, that's probably what even started some of it Jordy just got those big seventy-yard <laughs> touchdowns once a game, you know, and was going over a hundred. He, he was great. Mm-hmm. I I don't have that this year, which is why I'm two and two, um, because I I don't have my Packer in there, but he's coming.
0: Do you have a uh, do you have a uh, memorable year or like the at least with you maybe you have a little bit more history than Phil? The one of the questions we asked them was, uh, "What was like first year playing fantasy football? Were you one of those old heads that were clipping out newspapers and doing your stats box score?"
2: Or yeah, some of you guys know Lips, mm-hmm. and Lips played with a group of people that it was a live draft. There was no internet. Um, and you called in the guy's name was Scott. You called in every Tuesday and you verified your points with him. And it was very basic point thing. You could get all the information from the box scores, but one of the most important things back then was watching Berman's, um, gosh, I can't, he does it like in three minutes right now, but it used to be called, he had a, he had a show. I can't remember what it was called. Right now, and Berman did it and it broke down basically everything. You watched that, you attract your guys, you knew who you had. And I mean, I think that one of those years I think it was Deuce McAllister's rookie year. That was the wow. best team I had. Uh, Deuce McAllister and I might have had either Peyton Manning or it could have been Favre uh that started the whole Green Bay thing. It was a long time ago and Lips and I used to go to Carls Jr. And uh, look at the teams. And we had split a team. And this guy, Scott, actually lived in Arizona. Um, yeah. But it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I can tell you that it's way better now. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just being able to click on the phone.
0: Yeah, and we'll dive into it. But I guess we can touch on it here. It's way easier now because now we're tracking defensive touchdowns for special teams. And I feel like that's an integral <laughs> part to a matchup. And we, uh, we saw it a little bit here. Was that the worst, worst loss you've ever seen?
2: I've had some pretty tough losses. I've had some really tough losses in my other league. But that one was really tough because I thought that I had you.
1: Yeah, and
0: um, I don't even know the scoring system. Jake, can you break it down what happened? I don't even know, you know how so I
1: won. I believe you were down, what was it, 18 points going into Monday night. Uh, yeah, give or take. For yeah, for defense, uh, to start out, which I'm not a huge fan of, and I should probably change this, but you you start out with 13 points because if you get under 100 yards, which I feel like never happens, uh, you get five points. So you ended up with 13 anyway. It was kind of back and forth, and when it came to sacks and yards and all that stuff, but it ended up being in the fourth quarter where uh Nick was up by I believe it was five, and um or no, might have been a little bit more than that. It might have been six or seven, but Stafford threw a pick, which is a negative two. And then the Niners defender returned it for a touchdown, which is um, six points. So that was an eight point swing, which what put Blake up by uh, two or three points at that point. So, yeah, that was a that's that's a loss that's absolutely crushing. I think I've been on the end of those before where you like like Nick said, you feel like you have it the entire time. You just don't want one specific thing to happen. And sure enough, that one thing did. But I have a question for Nick and we'll dive into Like Blake said, we'll dive into the matchup in a little bit. But what was more disappointing, that loss or the Angels this year?
2: Definitely the Angels. (laughs) The the Angels were a complete and total letdown. That might have to be a whole podcast in itself because they were doing so good and they just completely and just laid an egg. And it was awful. And to be honest with you, I am watching – Houston blowout Philly right now. Not the Angels. I kind of just stopped watching them. Although I know that they're doing well because I do check. Uh, but I just couldn't watch anymore. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't do it. a
1: classic it. Uh, end to the Angels year where they rattle off like eight in a row. And you're like, you know what? This team, could, uh, <laughs> this team can make some noise next year. So we'll have to see for next year. But well, It's always great
0: for Angels where at the beginning of the year, you're watching every game and you're like, dude, this team's legit. They get to the all-star game. They start slipping a little bit and you're you're keeping tabs but you don't want to keep tabs and then at the end of the year you're doing everything you can to avoid just like watching them and yeah of course they're they're heating up a little bit it's so frustrating
2: yeah with a bunch of guys that they give you know the very league minimum they're playing on a minor league contract they got all these guys they pay a fortune to and they and they can't even stay in the game rendon doesn't even play
0: (laughs) there's always next year right there's That's always
2: it. next year. That's the beautiful yeah. thing about sports. <laughs> That's the Angels' motto, by the way. There's always next It's year. always this. I feel like I'm a New York Jet fan.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. well,
0: thank you for full circle and bringing it back to uh, football here. So, Nick, first off, thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing the interview. Appreciate
2: it. And thank you guys. I appreciate and, it too. It's great.
0: We're going to pull you and pull you from this segment and you're going to hop in with us. We're going to go up the one.
1: i got one more question. Okay.
0: I always do this, Jake. We need like a code because I always try to cut off the interview and then you always have an extra question.
1: Uh, yeah. I have an extra question because Nick has known us two for a while, but he's known somebody else longer than us two. And that other person is Phil. Um, who, and I think this is an easy question, but we always try to get Phil into these interviews only because it's it's fun to kind of poke at them but who do you get the most pleasure from in beating
2: i i probably get the well i just like to win but of course i know that phil takes great pleasure in beating anybody and and maybe that's that's i can barely win that's why i and i can and i don't want to get too off topic but he beat me in ping pong i think once out of a thousand games and that's all he talked about so i I know that that he loves to win as well so it does it does feel good and it's simply just because i see phil probably more than the most of the other people in the league and and i and i would rather say it was nice to beat you you know which i get to say right now uh when i probably see him this weekend or something um so yeah, Phil, so for sure.
0: <laughs> well, that's I mean that that is the easy answer. So Jake, you got anything else before nope. I? All I'm right, on, I'm good now. Let's uh, we can dive into the matchup. All right, let's move over to the matchup right now. All right, let's talk about the matchup of the week. It was between me and our uh, little host here, Nick. So I got the I got the W. Talked about it a little bit. My up, my winner of the week is that Niners defense. Holy moly. I know we just talked about it a whole segment in that interview, but <laughs> uh, man, you gotta fade you gotta fade the Rams offense for this early part of the season. I don't
1: see it getting any better.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah, don't see no it getting me. any better.
1: Yeah, I mean Nick was we before we actually recorded, Nick was just ripping Stafford and the Rams offense. What's the, all up and down, and I completely agree. I think that Rams offense with that line, just that offensive line was dreadful. They're hurt. Um, it's just Cooper cup essentially. And that's, that's basically it.
2: What happened to James Robinson? I don't understand. He's good. Why don't you throw him the ball every now and then?
1: <laughs> yeah. So oh. on next on, on team, <laughs> well, let's uh, get there. <laughs> yeah. On next team, his, his one player. Yeah. That's down had to be, I mean, you had a couple, you had a couple guys that, that kind of threw. No, uh,
2: I didn't. I didn't mean, sorry. I didn't mean James Robinson. I mean, Alan Robinson.
1: Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. 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 Um, yeah, Alan Robinson, nothing uh, we nothing. don't know. Blake, he's Blake, good. Go ahead, yeah,
2: he's good. Why don't they throw him the ball? I don't get it.
1: I've so
0: I pick every week if he's going to hit his projections or not. I faded him the last two weeks, I believe, or three weeks, but uh, no, three. I faded him the last two weeks. The he is a situational player. We noticed in that game, um, this past weekend. He's not separating from defenders as much as he is. He's more of a downfield threat and getting like one-on-one jump balls. This offensive line is not holding the pocket clear enough for Stafford uh, long enough for Allen Robinson to really make his damage, go- working downfield, forcing uh, one-on-one coverage. But I, I'm going to blame the offensive line here with him. I think he's good. They, they peppered him in the second half, trying to get him involved, but I just don't think he has that separation that maybe he had during his during his time, uh, I mean, during Chicago. his time, as a rookie, yeah, Chicago, and then I always always screw up if he was a jag or a Raider. It was he was a jag. Um, yeah, it just he he doesn't have that separation. He's not like he's not like Coop. He doesn't do a lot of leverage moves. He's a very linear player, jump ball, make um, making that one on one, and Rams just can't they can't block anyone. Safford's just getting rushed every single play. So I think that's really what's killing him this year.
2: Yeah that yeah how are you going to get open fields when you don't have any time
1: yeah. all right so well and that's my cool go ahead on yeah go ahead for your for your down my
0: down i'm i'm going to we look at points and i see michael Pittman. i'm not even bringing up greg dorch that's the whole but story
1: you're your down should be <laughs> your brother so explain to everyone why you started some random guy named greg dorch so my <laughs>
0: my my little brother is big in uh dfs and he was just texting. He was a ber- like, like texting us all the time. Greg, it's Greg Dortch. You got to go, Greg Dortch. He's gonna be big. And I had Brandon Cooks slotted in there. And I've been frustrated with Brandon Cooks because I know the talent that's there, and I've been, I've been advocating for him and putting him in my lineup. So I was excited for this matchup against the Chargers. Um, I saw J.C. Jackson was healthy. I knew that was gonna be a tough matchup. I still want to roll with him, but this Greg Dortch guy, dude, I just kept. I kept uh, hearing him and hearing him. And I believe looking at my roster. Yeah, Michael Thomas was officially listed as out. So I was able to move him to my IR spot. So I just picked him up and I just went caution to the wind. And I don't know why I did, because I've been whining all season with Kyler Murray, how horrible he is. And it was just a stupid move. Very rookie move from a season manager like myself, a one-time champ. Um, just got, I got caught in weakness.
1: Yeah, so I went over to Blake's on Sunday uh, to watch with him and his brother and um they both were talking up Greg Dorch before the game. I turned to them and I go, "You know that he's not the starting wide receiver, right?" And they both looked at me like, "No, this guy's out, this guy's out." And I said, "No, they're both playing today." And you could just tell on Blake's face it was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me." Like well, I
0: knew I Rondell Moore was I knew Rondell Moore was playing, but I didn't think it would cut in that much.
1: Yeah. So they, they both, they both just didn't, they had no idea. And we were hoping that this would be the Greg Dortch game to where Nick would pull out a win. Uh, but thanks to Stafford, that was all, that was all uh, destroyed.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, that's, that's my squad. Uh, Nick, who do you want to touch on? Who was your up this week?
2: My up? I love to see Christian McCaffrey. He had a great week. Uh-huh. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't been, he hadn't, I thought, I think he had more. You Know at first, I thought maybe like uh oh, he doesn't have it this season, he's getting too old, he's too banged up. Nah, I think he's gonna be just fine, he's gonna find his way out of the flex and right back into the starting role.
0: Now, now, wait, you have him in the flex. Um, did you have him in the flex because he had a little injury uh, destination before, or are you one of those managers that in the running back position or wide receiver uh, uh, position? Do you rank your running backs like Aaron Jones is my like lock it. Like I'm going to put him up first or two. Do you do any of that?
2: I don't. You, you were right. The first, what you said, I thought there was a possibility that he wasn't going to play. I knew I was going to play Tyreek Hill. I had been burned from not playing Amari Cooper. So that's tough. I, I said, you know what? I'm going to play him. I'm going with those guys. Aaron Jones. He's in James Robinson has been doing good. Um, So I, what I thought I was going to do was either take a flyer on Dobbins or Romeo Dobbs and play him. And when I saw that McCaffrey was playing, I said, that's okay. I'm just going to roll with who I got. What I should have done is I should have put Dobbins in for Robinson. And then we, this would be a whole different podcast.
0: I think it's a, I think that's tough though. Cause James Robinson, I know there was a tough matchup with Eagles defense, but James Robinson has been performing. Like he's clearly separated separated himself from uh ETN. So I think, I think hindsight's
2: 2020. It, it, it always is. Always yeah. is. I, I had him in there. I thought I could have changed it. I thought that it was going to be a good game. They would try to slow it down. He'd get a lot of touches, but um didn't, didn't play out that way.
0: Who are you most bummed out about? Because obviously you had three huge duds. Um, not this week, but I guess your confidence in them for the rest of the season. James Robinson, Amari Cooper, or Darren Waller? Who are you most on the fence about?
2: I am on the fence about Cooper because he just... I don't know about Cleveland. We'll see. Uh, Darren Waller, he has... He's, I don't know who else I could put in there. So I don't have anybody else. I think he's all right. I think I could have got somebody better, but I don't know. At the time, I think I thought that they, the Raiders were going to be a little better team than they are. And they're not very good. Um, I thought that, that maybe Devonte Adams would be just heavily, heavily guarded and that would free Waller up to get a lot of those, you know, 10 yard touchdown, things like that, you know, because they'd be all over Devontae Adams. But when he can't score touchdowns, it doesn't really matter what happens.
1: Yeah. So speaking about Cleveland and Cooper, so I don't know if you listened to us last week, but we talked about how we think fantasy football, the gods have put a curse on your team for picking up a specific Cleveland Brown. Do you have any uh, remarks about that?
2: I was, you know what? I was, I haven't listened to last week's podcast. But I hope that there's not a curse on my team. I don't know why there would be. Um, and why would there?
1: Uh, for, for a certain Cleveland uh, Brown quarterback that just sits. Uh, right for picking him up. Yeah. Gotcha. We have a, gotcha. we have a, a karma hey. going on for fantasy football. I'm just saying. Just saying.
2: You know what? I do not condone in any way the behavior of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Uh just want to get that, out there. that is just what I say. Not okay. But I play this to win just as the Cleveland Browns do. It's uh not I mean, we're doing it for fun, but I think it's kind of like a business. And hey, I'm playing to win. And if Aaron can't do it, I think Deshaun will have a good season. They paid him all that money. He's got a lot to prove. probably has a little chip on his shoulder. Just got embarrassed in front of the whole world. Um so it's time for him to perform, play football, and you know if you're a good football player, everybody forgets what what everything else happened, you know. Yeah. So um, Tyreek Hill, another guy, he's not all that great of a guy, but he's a hell of a football
1: yeah, player. Yeah, that's now. true. Now that you said that, my goodness, I uh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah,
2: this is <laughs> the the rum runners are not a team full of ethics.
0: Well, uh, you all, you brought up Tyreek Hill and you brought up Deshaun Watson. Like those two, they lost this week, similar to you. Um, with that, the cat goes to three and one on the season. Rum runners Ronnie B two and two sitting at seventh place.
2: Yeah, that's that's unacceptable. <laughs> are our moves in store? I I you know what though? I will make a deal with both of you right now. Oh, if I lose again, if I lose again, Deshaun Watson is no longer a rum runner.
1: Wow, wow, that's fair. I think that's a fair, that's a fair deal. You do play the Fishel Boys next week. That's a big match. That's a big. (laughs) So we have a good, we have a good
2: matchup on our hands next week. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be exciting. Do you, uh,
0: do you have anything to say to your uh, upcoming opponent and his snot-nosed kids?
2: I wish him well. I wish the kids well. Uh, Fish puts up some numbers sometimes. He's got a good, yeah, got a to, good guy. About it. Thanks a lot for bringing that up. <laughs> but that kid, Damian Pierce, Brian and I talked about him earlier uh, after I, I had had my other draft. I have him in the other league and I had talked about how I was going to try to snag him. He ended up snagging him. But um it took him a while. And I wasn't playing him last week like Brian was, but uh, he's getting he's he's good man. He's gonna have a good season.
1: Yeah, the, I think the karma for you might be a thing, but also I talked shit on Miles Sanders all year long on this podcast, and then he just dropped a thirty burger on me. So I think car, fantasy football karma is legit. So we'll see next week. Uh, Rum runners against the official boys. What pans out?
2: And and I can assure you by. Tuesday evening, if I do not win, Deshaun Watson is off of the Rum Runners. We'll kick him out there.
1: You heard it here first. All right. Perfect. Perfect. All right.
0: Sweet. All right. Let's focus on your matchup here, Jake. Official boys, LA Bash Bros. Do we have to? Well, we have to. We have to go through the bad matchups. We have to go through the good matchups. Everyone needs to be informed on how bad you lost to Miles Sanders,
1: and it, and it, not only Miles Sanders, it was the the three headed monster of uh, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders. Oh, I mean, actually, he didn't even have Rashad Penny playing. So, um, yeah, and it, uh, the funniest thing about all of this is that I woke up Sunday morning. Just like a lot of fantasy owners woke up and they realized that Alvin Kamara wasn't playing. I had forgotten that Brian had Kamara, so when I saw that on Twitter when I woke up and I was like, "Oh, that kind of sucks." Like a lot of people, I don't have him in any of my leagues, but I'm sure people, you know, are going to be upset. So I flip on the matchup to see if he had any uh, Saints or Vikings players playing, and then I saw that he had Kamara starting, and I went, "Oh, thank God! Like that's cool. Like that's a that's a nice little bonus to wake up to." That, you know, his first round draft pick, um, or maybe second round draft pick, he had the the back end, but um, got a fat goose egg. So I, I felt, you know, confident going in to the Sunday 10 o'clock games. And I feel like even the first half of the Sunday 10 o'clock games, I was very, very happy with what I was seeing so far. And then all hell broke loose second half of the 10 o'clock games with Damian Pierce and Miles Sanders just going off. And with all the shit that I've talked about Miles Sanders in the last month or so, um, you know, this, this is a good wake-up call for me to make sure that I don't have any crazy, uh, just kind of mean-spirited comments about players or teams. Uh, we've already touched on Sam's team and how I, you know, apologized for not saying that she wasn't gonna get over 100 points of course she had the highest point total of the week and then Miles Sanders had one of the highest if not I think the highest point total of any running back this week so it uh yeah it it bit me in the ass
0: I I don't know if you were up I I, I was zoning out on your story because I was just looking at miles Sanders and just my jaw was dropped looking uh-huh. at a stat line but I woke up for the Vikings game I was up at 6 30 because I was excited because it's in London and like, I'm a grown adult now. I'm not like going out on the weekends. So I'm not like hung over anything. So a like, wet blanket. Well, yeah, that too. But you know, so I was excited to wake up and watch the game at like 6 30 and oh, I checked the lineup right before and I wanted to
1: text Brian so bad and be like, Hey Brian. Yeah. yeah. That, that would have been fucked. That would have been, it would have been,
0: I but I didn't it do it. He would have and... also
1: probably just ignored your text.
0: Yeah, he's got like he's got three kids running around. So I don't blame him. Oh uh, yeah, I'll take the. You got smoked. You got smoked. What a great showing by his team. Rashad Penny's legit. You have to put him in your lineup. But he's gonna be on the bench. I this disagree week. with
1: that, but yeah, go I, ahead.
0: I he's gonna have to be on the bench from here on out. If Alan Kamara is healthy next week, you have to start him. You're getting these outputs from uh from Pierce and and Miles Sanders. You have to start him. So. Yeah.
1: I, I definitely think I think I, I said last week I I said perhaps there's a trade that can then can work out. I definitely think that his wide receivers are still um, you know, kind of spotty at times. I, they had good weeks this week, but I don't think you can you can't consistently Detroit Lions defense is the worst in the NFL. They their their defense is so bad. Um so I I contribute that to Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny had twenty eight points last week. He still isn't even a top twenty fantasy running back. So yeah, that just, I, that just says how bad he's been the first three weeks.
0: But he hasn't been bad. He's been effective. He, I know he has that uh, running back battle with Kenneth Walker, but last week he had fourteen car He had fourteen carries for sixty six yards. He's, um, he had one. Not he didn't get much usage in the San Francisco game. But besides that outlier of a game, he's averaging six yards a carry. He's just not getting the touchdowns. And I think if they continue to use him. Um, like they used him um, against that Lions matchup. I know next week they're playing against the Saints in New Orleans. That's another tough matchup. It'll be tough sledding. But even in bad game s- scripts where they're down, he's still being effective. He's still getting the touches. It's just he hasn't fell into the end zones besides this week. But if you're looking at a third running back on your team, he's the perfect option to have where you know he's going to get the touches, you know he's going to get the yards, And you're just hoping for a spike like he did this past week um,
1: falling into the end zone.
0: So that's why I like him. I like him just for the potential.
1: Yeah, I just don't think their offense is good enough to where, like, they're going to run the ball to win games. I feel like last week was very much they got up and they just decided to give him the ball. And he took off because of how bad that Lions defense is. I think they're going to be throwing a lot in the second half of games to try and, like, catch up, uh, which was what happened in that San Francisco game um and then atlanta game was kind of back and forth but yeah i see what you're saying if, if he gets a touchdown then at least it's over 10 points it's around 12 to 13 points so I, I see that um let's head over to my team um just some some just matchups that just weren't great like the mark andrews mark andrews has been the top tight end this season i think him and kelsey now swapped again so i think it's between them two as far as top uh, tight ends uh, just throwing up a 2.5 cream with 7.8 hasn't seen the end zone since week one so i am starting to get worried about just not necessarily his usage but just you know situational um you know he's going to get 10 carries a game but is that enough to get you know points in the end zone i think he got stopped on inside the five once or twice and i know that week against pittsburgh he got stopped three straight times so he's still getting those carries um on the goal line in on inside the five but he just hasn't been able to put it away so i will be looking for running backs um to try and you know get another running back in there um but i was i mean cooper cup is cooper cup be nice to have him you know score a touchdown there but i mean getting 110 points is something that i look for every single week 110 115 i think that's a really good sweet spot to try to get that win um but you know, as as Nick said, I, I've uh, well, I guess that was off air. But he was talking about how I've been just getting so many points dropped on me the last like few weeks. Your team dropped one twenty. I was lucky to score like a couple more points than that. Steph with a one thirty five, and then uh, Brian with a one thirty one. So, what do you, what do you see on my team?
0: Well, are you uh attributing Mark Andrews' down week to just the weather, the matchup?
1: I think it's both. There? I, I i'm not i'm not nervous whatsoever i don't think there's any reason to be nervous with mark well, there andrews. has been
0: talks around the league that you're trying to trade him. so what is that about
1: mark andrews yeah yeah i mean he's just he's just a very he's a premier player at that position so i feel like if there is a team that is looking for a tight end perhaps i can get a high upside one running back right so like i that's that's what my demands would be it wouldn't be just like i'm just gonna trade him for like peanuts like he's gonna if I trade him, he's going to have to be for someone that's a little desperate for a tight end and perhaps they overpay for him.
0: Which a lot of leagues, a lot of teams are. This uh, tight end landscape has been uh, is pretty dismal. Uh, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz is coming back. That's going to boost up kind of maybe tight end production. But uh, besides TJ Hawkinson, I can't really think of a tight end that really was gangbusters this week. Travis Kelsey, we see on the other side, 19. That's normal for him. He's pretty much a... Wide receiver one. I do want to touch on real quick before we go close on this. I was right on Jared Goff outscoring Herbert. Should have listened to me there. but oh, you I said digress. he was gonna the
1: the predi- the prediction was he's gonna have more than Mahomes. Well, I was right. You said Jared. also said if I started Goff, I'd win, which I wouldn't have. So,
0: well, regardless, you can put anyone on your line if you still would have lost. Uh, with your <laughs> loss, official boy goes to two and two with his win, and you're going to two and two with your loss there's anything I love more than fantasy football, it's going to be apologies. So, Jake, before we get started with this next matchup, is there anything you would like to say? Yeah. Wait, before you get started. Wait, wait, before you get started. Let me set the mood here.
1: Sam, I would like to apologize. Last week, I said your team wouldn't even sniff 100 points but Thursday came around Jamar Chase had 10 points and I said okay might be on track Joe Mixon 15 all right but then I watched the 10 a.m. games and I saw one man carry your team across the finish line TJ fucking Hawkinson dropped 36 motherfucking points for your team And then I watched Clyde and Mike Evans Each dropped 22 and 26 respectively And I started to do the math And I said Holy shit, I've never been more wrong So Sam, I apologize For your beatdown On Steph, one forty-one to ninety-nine. But I will still say, Matthew Stafford, you suck. All right.
0: Well, I'm glad you got that off your chest because I know it hurts. It really
1: did. Like I, I was thinking about it the last 24 hours of just, I don't think I've ever been more wrong. And I had a feeling like usually when I say those things and we'll talk about my matchup with Brian and one specific player. um, But when you say something and you're like, you know what? That's kind of sounds crazy. And then you look back on it and you're like, holy shit, not even close to what originally predicted.
0: Yeah. And her team, her team could have easily been better. We we've been beating the drum on, Matthew Stafford shouldn't be a startable option at this point with all the other, uh, options out there. Sam's not listening to the pod. So I hope obviously she she's still going to, gonna you s- know,
1: what? we're going to make sure that, you know, we toss it in the group chat that, um, that maybe we put it in the, uh, description or we put somewhere that yeah. there's, there is a, an apology Sam's way. So maybe she'll, she'll listen to it now.
0: We'll we'll send out the bat signal, the SOS, yep. whatever, uh, moniker there is to get her attention but yeah Stafford plenty of other options out there she had one on the bench Kirk Cousins who I touted for that London matchup 12 points well if you if you let me finish I'm saying that he did not live up to the expectations that I put on him Mm. but having him in her lineup would have been beneficial she didn't need it but and then yeah, we we are, you already
1: discussed T.J. Hopkins yeah, I don't even want to go ups or downs for any of this stuff. Like I just okay, but all I, ups except yeah. for Matt Safford, and then he's the down. That's that's basically it.
0: Okay, there's a lot of juicy stuff to talk about with House Targaryen and her yeah. team. So, remember when we touted we were both surprised Jonathan
1: Taylor projecting for 20 points? Yeah, we were. We both just we've never seen a running back get projected for 20 points.
0: Yeah, cut his projection by a tenth. Yep. And there he's he is e- ending up 2.8. I don't, that was good math by me. Um when you look at lines like this for your star running back, the number one pick, you think without even looking at the stats, like you're thinking bad games, script, uh maybe there was a couple fumbles in there, uncharacteristic, but no, he had 20. Carries uh-huh. for 42 yards. Uh-huh. The opportunity was there. The matchup was there. Did see my boy Gene Autry though, flying around uh-huh. out there, just making, making uh, tackles, yeah, good but Gene. good old Gene, but divisional matchup, maybe, maybe uh, the matchup in itself, in terms of the makeup of the Titans team that we've seen all week, all, um, all season, maybe this was just divisional. It doesn't really matter. It's just going to be a tight game, but man, Last three weeks, we saw kind of what, what I talked about with uh, negative game strip. In that Jacksonville, he only had nine carries, so he only had six points. But uh, week three, Kansas City, twenty-one carries, seventy-one yards, ten points. This week, twenty carries, forty-two yards. Uh, I'm panicking a little bit if I'm if I'm Steph.
1: Yeah, and and he has a high ankle sprain now too, which is gonna which for running backs is gonna hamper their. Um... Their carries, mm-hmm. it's gonna you know affect them a little bit here and there. Um, and he plays on a quick turnaround on Thursday night. So that's gonna be a very interesting um storyline to watch. I think overall the storyline should be is first round running backs. They have not been good whatsoever. Do you off the top of your head, I want you to guess who has been the best first round running back in fantasy? Are we counting this week? All the weeks combined, yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Nope, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has after that one game. He has sixty four point three. Christian McCaffrey does have sixty two, so he's right behind him at six. But Austin Eckler is fifth in fantasy football for running backs. That's insane. So that is insane. We have Nick Chubb number one, uh, mm-hmm. firmly on Blake's team. You got Saquon number two, uh, Jamal Williams number three, uh, Clyde at number four, and Austin Eckler number five. So
0: wait, wait, wait! Jamal Williams on the Lions. Yes
1: who happens to be on Steph's team, which I believe we, I mean, I don't think it would have made a difference. Oh, Jamal Williams did play. I apologize. I thought Javante played on Steph's team. Um, But yeah, so Steph, Steph has a lot of, I would definitely be concerned with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think, you know, getting those carries every single week, he did have 25 his first game, but after that he's, he's hasn't gotten more than 11 points, which is just not him. He only has one touchdown this year. Um, That offense is very weird, the way that they've been moving the ball with Matt Ryan. Um, But I think in general, looking at Steph's team, I'm a little worried on some of the players as far as, I will say this though, the matchups are always a thing. In Philadelphia, Jacksonville game, it was pouring. Like it was, it was just soaping wet out there. You got Christian Kirk only had 7.3, Dallas Goddard only had nine. Um, Jalen Waddled really didn't do anything when Teddy came into the game, and Leonard got a lot of his uh, points, at the end of the game. Lamar Jackson played in the storm as well. So I think the weather definitely uh, played a factor in this matchup, but I mean, we predicted Steph to to beat Sam by at least twenty points or more, but it was quite the opposite.
0: Quite the opposite indeed. With this uh, matchup, Steph's gonna go to two and two. Sam's going to go to three and one. We have the Notorious first Phil. Notorious walks away with a barn burner of a victory. 26, something points. One up for me for the Notorious is, I want to say Austin Eckler, but it's a Josh Jacobs show.
1: Yeah, I mean, very top heavy, I feel like, uh, Trey's team this week, but sometimes that works out. In your favor uh josh jacobs yeah i mean he made that denver defense denver looked so good last week um, against the niners team shut them down at home and perhaps just going on the road in vegas i'm not sure what happened um but josh jacobs yeah just ran all over the broncos
0: it's funny because you you would think for vegas to get back into the uh, win column it's for them to rely on Devontae adams their new shiny weapon and that connection Mm -hmm. but Josh Jacobs coming out of nowhere and just really just driving in the nail of that, of that victory. Uh It's a cool win for, for the Raiders. My one down is it's tough because part of me wants to go Marvin Jones. Um, but just like on some of these matchups and I feel like it's exclusively with Trey's team, Marvin Jones shouldn't be in the lineup. So maybe I looked at Tony Pollard we saw the beginning of the, of the week and definitely or the beginning of the year and definitely going into the upcoming season. So much hype for Tony Pollard to be able to push, um, push Zeke out of that spot. So he's a guy that you do have to make that decision to start. He has some injuries on his bench with uh Keenan and Godwin that could have filled both the Marvin Jones spot and the flex spot. But Tony Pollard is a guy that you want to get in your lineup. If you can, if you, if he's a bench stash option, that's great. But, for this week, he thought he can pull out that projection, but not even close for Tony P.
1: Yeah, that uh, Tony P, the last couple of weeks prior to this week, he's had a decent weeks, like double-digit uh, scoring. But I don't know. It, it was hard only because for Trey, you kind of have to put someone in that slot for that second wide receiver. Uh, Keenan was out, uh, but Chris Godwin was kind of questionable throughout the week. They did say, I feel like it was Saturday night, Sunday morning, that Chris Godwin was good to go. So, yeah, I probably Mm -hmm. would have thrown Chris Godwin in knowing that he was playing in that second spot. Um, Yeah, Marvin Jones doesn't really need to start anymore this year. Um, You could probably find a better player off the waiver wire. But as far as Trey's team, um, pretty much, I mean, you wanted Kyle Pitts in there and i will say kyle pitts had more points than tony p but kyle pitts once again just another disappointing week where they just do not give him the ball whatsoever
0: makes no sense make <laughs> especially with uh cordell patterson going out maybe that offense is going to readjust and maybe Perhaps, yeah. uh switch the offensive game plan so that's someone you can be excited for but let me touch yeah kyle yeah so, go ahead no,
1: You can finish. go ahead finish
0: no i was just gonna say kyle pitts is definitely gonna be an option for trade next week
1: yeah um and then just last for Trey's team, shout-out to Austin Eckler. We finally were correct on a week that Austin Eckler would go off. He had three touchdowns. Um, he was their focal point in the offense throughout the day. He only had 13 carries, but still 60 yards, two touchdowns. He At one point, I think he had three carries for, like, one yard, and then they just kept on actually feeding him the ball, uh, let him get kind of get that, uh, that roll going, and uh, had a really good performance um let's head over to phil's team now we have a another um name change so now this is three name changes for phil he has just changed his name to the ghost of forte so if you have listened to previous episodes we interviewed phil um he's a big matt forte shout out matt forte fantasy what year was that I it was one, one of the years before i was born <laughs> yeah one of the years that uh that Phil was actually competitive in fantasy football. Um, but we look at his lineup, uh, one up, one down. One up for him has to be T. Higgins. I mean, he did score the most points for him this week, but he looked really good in that offense. Um, you would think that someone like Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, would be the ones that would get most of the the shares, more of the yards. But T. Higgins had a really nice catch past Xavier Howard, blew past him, and scored a 50-yard touchdown. But... Tiggins Higgins in general, I, I can see this, maybe not this amount of points, but the targets, the receptions, he's had three really good weeks in a row. I could see this continuing for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think for Phil's one down, I want to talk about Drake London. Obviously a lot of hype. We were, we were downplaying the role of Kyle Pitts because Drake London has became a focal point in that offense. It is worrisome, I would imagine, for Phil seeing the type of output that he was getting. Phil felt that he now had a locked-in flex option, uh, especially during the bye, during bye weeks. Drake London is that kind of perfect guy you want on your bench. So I think I would be a little scared um, after this outing. There's still plenty of points he could have been involved, but I worry now about how much confidence you can have rolling with Drake London as we get into the uh, tougher parts of the fantasy football season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's all talk about one player, the one that stands up the most on Phil's team. Now, Phil, in our group chat, in the league group chat, uh, you know, talks trash to us, saying a uh, great analysis on Tua, guys. Um, Phil himself, Phil himself, has declared his team cursed. Um, he has now had two quarterbacks, two starting quarterbacks, out. Uh, one being out for the whole season, and Trey Lance, and now Tua out indefinitely with his concussion. Um, I would like to say that we did not know that he was going to get thrown around like a rag doll and slammed into the turf. Uh, it was not a part of uh, our analysis, yeah, not a part of our analysis. I guess we should have known, but uh Tua with a 2.4, um, I've already, you know, sent texts to Phil to ask if he wants a quarterback off my team. He's already said that he doesn't want to jinx anyone. Um, I'm hesitant to trade Herbert to him only because. Don't do it as I then I would be worried that Herbert, you know, would have an injury the rest of the season. He's already hurt. Herbert is, but you know, I I definitely want to watch him every single week. Um, I even thought about giving him Dak Prescott and having him jinx his own quarterback. So um, analysis on Tua. And where do you think Phil should go uh, the rest of the season with a quarterback?
0: He's got Trevor Lawrence on his bench. That was a tough matchup. I don't think you're scared about his rest of the season uh, production next week he's going up against Houston, which we just saw in that um, last matchup against the Charges. They there's susceptible defense. He's plays in a bad division. I think he's fine. I don't think he really needs to search out. I do worry though about I do worry about Phil's team in terms of um, the severity of points. There's weeks that his team goes off, and the, the other weeks. Um, you get something like this with a 95 yeah a lot of it can go towards tua in his abrupt injury and only getting two points mm-hmm. but maybe there maybe trevor Lawrence um especially Phil being one in three now maybe trevor Lawrence isn't that extra umph that his team needs to fight now for a playoff spot so i think if i was in his situation i would look to get aggressive either uh, look to get aggressive by trading we, I've had talks with him about Kyler Murray. I hate the guy, but he would definitely be an upgrade over his team. And cause he, it's desperation time now that he's one three.
1: Yeah. It's weird because I look at that foursome with Dalvin, Saquon, Stefan and T and I'm like, that's a really good foursome. Like Saquon's number two in fantasy. Stefan is number one in fantasy. T Higgins is number 11 in wide receiver, but Dalvin number 24 in running back. That's not what you want out of that that first uh, round draft pick. So I'm not sure what Phil needs to do. A lot of his players on his bench too, are very high in like where they rank positionally. So I definitely think he needs to figure it out on the trade or perhaps, I mean, there's not really anybody on the waiver wire either. So I definitely think a trade is in store for Phil.
0: Uh, the notorious goes two to two, uh, that goes Forte. Phil Okamoto is going to go to one and three last place.
1: All right. We have bubble buckers against quarterback sneaks. Phillips with the victory this week, one twenty four to one fifteen, a high scoring matchup that, uh, you know, one and two against one and two. This really kind of sets up the season as far as like, you never want to get to one and three. Getting in that win column at two and two is big, um, but a good matchup and one that, you know, had a little bit of uh, it was a little interesting because that Monday night game both had Debo and George Kittle. For Shane, while Phillips was all the way done with his matchup, George Kittle had a touchdown called back, so he only ended up with three point four. Shout out to Blake for uh, predicting that one with his accurate uh, his uh, Rams linebacker prediction. Bobby Wagner shutting that down. Uh,
0: not only shut down George Kittle, but he also shut down that fan.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, he just absolutely steamrolled that fan. Go check that out. I'll try to look for that on the internet because that was, was a like the gen-
0: It was like a gender reveal. That was no. Something.
1: I think people were just uh, joking around with the gender. I think it was like a why well, hate gender like reveal. A, uh, so what's it called? Uh, like a protest. Um, mm. but Debo did go off. Had twenty-two point seven. Had a really nice catch, and then just made the Rams look terrible in tackling. Bobby Wagner had the best tackle of the night, which was on that protester. Yeah. But, Shane's team. Um, let's quickly dive into them: one up, one down. Who you like? Who you do you not like?
0: I mean, I think it's pretty obvious with George Kittle who I do not like. George Kittle, I feel um, you. You not only need to monitor the offensive weapons for the Niners, but you um, need to monitor their offensive line. Uh, they were susceptible, uh, especially in matchups like uh, the Rams that. The Rams are looking to bring the house over almost on every play. George Kittle not only is a weapon offensively, but he is such a valuable asset for the Niners' blocking scheme. Uh So not only look at defensive matchups, but look how defenses defenses play um, when you're assessing George Kittle because um, we've seen it multiple times. People get frustrated how uninvolved he is, but he's an asset as a blocker. So something to take note of. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, really quick on that. I, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. I think he is one of the best tight ends in football on the field. But for fantasy purposes, he is not someone that I trust week in and week out to get me more than 10 points. Um, especially now with Trent Williams, their left tackle being out. and I'm pretty sure their right tackle is out too so both no, mclinchy's mclinchy's still there okay, yeah so,
0: but they lost a uh, uh their left guard gotcha. so
1: i mean george might line up on that side and just chip a lot because he is the best blocker tight end in football like there's no question about that so for fantasy purposes yeah i think george here and there will will give you a, a really good week and you'll probably win your weeks if he does that but i'm not i'm not sold on him being a fantasy tight end where, you know, he's gonna be ranked. I mean, I know he missed the first couple weeks, but four point eight points, three point four, he's gonna be the fiftieth ranked tight end. So I don't know if you need if you should pick someone up and try to find someone. He's not someone that I would start week in and week out.
0: I feel like going forward, uh you gotta rank um you gotta rank him near the low end of like maybe 10, 11, 12. If you have him on your team, you keep him because there's not a lot of greater Mm -hmm. options like he has to. But he may need to uh, either if he hasn't. It looks like right now he has an empty bench slot because he put David Montgomery on the IR. Mm -hmm. Maybe if there's a highly volatile tight end that's on the uh, waiver wire. Yeah, like I have Ali
1: Cox on there. Someone like Mo Ali
0: Cox is definitely on there. I have three tight ends that I'm going to. I mean, I'm gonna drop sooner or later if I don't get any trades for him. So that's something that I hate it maybe Hurst, we can swap. It.
1: Robert Tunyon, like I, yeah. I would definitely add someone like that. Will Disley, I got,
0: yeah. Uh, and and then it's matchup dependent. You just look <laughs> at who who they're playing at, and if you want to do a quick quick little research, you can find out about most teams what their defensive scheme is and how they attack the, how they attack the quarterback. You got you can't put him out. Uh, can't put them out there with Aaron Donald, uh, who I like. I mean, it's not surprising Justin Jefferson with his 26, but that was yep. a big point that I made on the heading into this matchup was justice. Jefferson had two down weeks. I don't know if Shane was nervous about Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson season long, but I, I knew this was going to be a big bounce back game uh, for him across the pond. My boy, captain Kirk delivering in, we'll call it prime time. So he gets that win. Um, you don't worry about Justin Jefferson. Any worries that you had week two, week three, uh, you saw this week that he's still the alpha. He's still even in tough matchups uh, in terms of corner assignments that he's matched up with. He's he's a world beater. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, Let's yeah. head over to bubble butt curves. Um, finally, this week finally was the right week to start Russell Wilson. Um, he had 26.9. He had... Uh, how many touchdowns did I had two touchdowns, uh, but he had a rushing touchdown as well. Um, he finally um, just found the end zone in general, um, which is something that he needed. Felt like he had a good bounce back game against uh, a mediocre Raiders defense. Offense at times still looked a little banged up, but I will say going forward with that big news of Javante Williams tearing his ACL, they're going to lean heavily, I feel like, on Russ now. Um, not that they weren't going to in the past, but I feel like they were really trying to just run the ball a lot and then eventually have Russell kind of take over, but I'm not sure if they're going to trust Melvin Gordon to run the ball or Mike Boone or whoever. I think they they actually picked up Latavius Murray today off the saints practice squad, even though he played, uh, in London, but I still think they're going to, they're going to try to establish the run to start the game. But I I do see them just trying to to throw the ball a little bit more with Russ
0: only thing i worry about russell wilson going forward in this stage of his career is you you maximize his potential when they were down and they were throwing the ball Mm -hmm. and he was just this guy just dotting everyone up um and i guess if you're looking in a positive lens at the first game of the season against seattle he had 29 completions he had 340 yards he had a touchdown but still with that type of output um back in the past russell wilson would win you when you weeks yeah. um you've seen um week 2 week 3 that number came down and but still in the 30s and he was highly inefficient i think realistically your ceiling for Russell Wilson this year will be the output he put out today he was 17 for 25 uh or this week excuse me he was 17 for 25 he had two touchdowns the rushing touchdown helps but i think you're not gonna get those you're you're not gonna get the big volume pass attacks from it. They're gonna scale down this offense. They're gonna really, really force the run, mm-hmm. even though they lost Javante. Because I don't think I don't think the offense can function um with him throwing thirty five to 40, 40 attempts a game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Um one down at least for me I mean, a good, a decent week for his team in general, for Phillips' team. Uh, Tyler Conklin actually hit exactly that projection. You don't see that very often um, at 6.7 points. Um, but I would say Zeke Elliott, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get every week. He is ranked now 32nd in a running back position. Um, and, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how we weren't sure how he was going to continue the rest of the week. They didn't really like, we, we just discussed Tony Pollard and how he didn't really have anything the entire day. Um, but Zeke Elliott didn't really have anything either. But I wonder when Dak comes back, what I'm getting out of those running backs. Um, but you also look at what Phillips Philip has on the bench. DeAndre Swift is hurt, so at least he has him coming back, whatever that is. But you know, someone like a Travis Etienne, like Travis is not is not getting those those carries. He's not getting much production. Um, so a little worrisome. Great pickup, though, for Tyler Algier, who's going to be starting with uh, Cordero out on the IR for the next four weeks.
0: Well, you were talking about Zeke. Zeke went fifth round.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know we're way past the draft now, but I still love touching back and looking at He had a fifth-round pick. Travis Etienne went in the fourth. Yeah. So I think coming out of the draft, Butkers was super excited about having this running back depth. Just like, I mean, if you look at it, he had Derrick Henry, Zeke, Travis Etienne, and DeAndre Swift. Yeah,
1: four out of his five I think, top picks, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think he thought, you know what? I'm good on running backs. Um, I can try to hit the home runs on the wide receiver. And his wide receivers have been good if only he can get that running back depth and uh, production that he was helping for. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, my negative was going to be on Travis Etienne Jr., Uh, just how disappointing he's been. He's... He was effective this past weekend. I think he was averaging four yards a carry, but not enough volume, and that's everything for a running back. And Allen
1: Robinson. Oh, yes. Hit the uh, under. Weekly predi- prediction. Blake is now 3-0 on his Allen Robinson predictions. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're looking for, perhaps you'd like to play some player props, whether it's betting mm-hmm. or if you do that prize picks app, um, and you hear from Blake about Allen Robinson. He'll tell you the correct one every single time.
0: I'll tell you Fade Allen Robinson, and start David Njoku. But we'll touch on that later. David Njoku. Uh, with the with this matchup, QB sneaks going to one and three. Baba Buckers going two to two.